May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. The scripture this reading this morning is from Micah 4, verses 2 and 3, the first scripture. Come, let us climb God's mountain to the temple of the God of Jacob, that we may be instructed in God's ways and walk in God's paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of our God from Jerusalem. And God will judge between many peoples and render decisions for mighty distant nations. Then they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they train for war. The second reading is from Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 26. Then Jesus got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Teacher, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then Jesus got up and rebuked the winds and waves, and it was completely calm. Well, thank you for that. Um, just heads up right uh, at the top, I am COVID negative, but getting over a cold, so this one's going to stay on while I'm preaching here. Because that scripture said, let us climb God's mountain to the temple of God and be instructed in God's ways, sending out word to all the nations, ending conflict, never again to train for war. I'm paraphrasing there a call from ancient prophet to leave our cities, leave our ways and travel to the wilderness, that what we build, the structures and routines, are not holy ones, that there is another way to live should we choose it. Now, today's service is called Peace in the Midst of War, and we can't talk about war without talking about the, polit the political powers behind it. And I will talk a bit about politics here today, but it won't be the main focus, merely the context. The main focus is peace. And as a concept, finding peace in the midst of war, in the midst of annual operating fund summaries. It's okay. It's okay. Finding peace in the midst of annual operating fund summaries is also good. But finding peace in the midst of war, it sounds like a lovely thing, right? It's a very lovely concept. But I know that some in our community have served in the Army, the Navy, Air Force, National Guard. And I know also that many of us have not. As a pacifist, I have never enrolled in the Army. There's never been a draft in my lifetime. And I've never lived through my city being bombed. I'm aware that any discourse I may have on how to find peace in war from a purely theoretical standpoint. 
So while I haven't been in the middle of a war zone like the people of Ukraine currently are, and I know a rule of thumb for preachers is not make yourself the hero of your story, but I have to humanize this as I am the target of a political war, one that kills trans people like me regularly. So I'm going to speak through that lens and pray for insight to rise above my limited scope. Much like it would be disrespectful and disingenuous to the Ukrainian victims if we talk about Russia's war in a way that made it seem like both sides could share equal blame, the political war that I and other transgender people are the target of is being waged by one major political party in our country while the other is complacent at worst and obstructionist at best. We as a church and I as a leader here at St. Luke do not endorse one party over another. We talk about issues, and I will name that on trans issues I am disappointed by both major parties. However, across the country, it is the GOP who is introducing an unprecedented number of anti-trans bills. I counted them up on Thursday, it was 128. Currently being litigated in 35 states. In my very red home state of Utah, there are two. In Arizona, where many of our communities spend the winter, there are 14. Here in Minnesota, there are five. I won't go into the details of how cruel and misguided these bills are, but say they are aimed at restricting options for doctors and families, considering gender-affirming care, trans kids in sports, and the classic bathroom boogeyman law. We have one such bill pending here in Minnesota. If passed, I would be required by law to use a men's bathroom in public. And today, even before this law is passed, if I were to walk into a men's room, my likelihood of being assaulted goes up dramatically. And to use a women's restroom is also fraught with stress-inducing fear, so I don't use public restrooms. There doesn't need to be a law for me to fear being called out, assaulted, or killed as many trans people are every year. But we have a Republican majority in our state Senate, so it probably will be codified into law and empower bigots who would want to hurt me just for existing. The reality of these bills has not landed well with my wife. She told me I can share this, but all the anti-trans bills nationally and now here locally make her sad and scared for me and our family, and makes her angry, often to the point of tears, and that's so understandable. And it affects me personally, and yet somehow, while in the crosshairs of the GOP, I'm still at peace. I am. I see pundits like Tucker Carlson and his ilk getting all spun up in a tizzy over trans people just trying to live their lives, play sports, use the bathroom, 
make decisions about their health and with their doctors. And I see allies like my wife breaking down and getting worked up and losing her inner peace because the bigots have a larger megaphone to broadcast their fear-mongering. Sabres will continue to be rattled by the powers that be and funding will continue to be channeled to another arms dealer playing both sides of an international conflict while innocents bear the brunt. This is the way of the world. It is not new, but as we heard earlier, it is not the way of God. The word of God has been twisted and used by the powerful to justify their wars for millennia. But it doesn't change the reality that if we would but leave our cultural expectations, go to God's mountain, seek God's wisdom there in the solitude and structured chaos that is nature. If all the world would learn the wisdom of the mountain, Swords would be hammered into plowshares. I was born and grew up at the base of a mountain. Its peace is God's. I know this. I found it deep in the woods. When I had run away from the world. And it can still be found there. Amid all the traumas and conflict of our world. Even right out here in our backyard. Right now, as pundits get wound up over which red herring they'll be mock outraged about today, the birds care nothing for it. But to live. I do this regularly, walking the trail in the back here at peace is a sacred act of rebellion, intentionally muting my phone, leaving it inside, leaving my troubles at the trailhead, allowing myself that peace, breathing, listening, slowing, wondering, wandering. In fact, the peace of God is everywhere. If we but choose to see it, to feel it, to be open to it. This is Anishinaabe land. And they knew, they know the sacredness of the earth. Not just the areas that we haven't covered with concrete, but the whole thing, resting beneath our very feet in this moment, is stillness and movement. The movement of our planet. Amid the falling bombs in Ukraine, God's peace remains under the rubble. In between the fires. When we raise furious storms against each other, Jesus is there to call out for silence. For nature does not always lay at peace. Sometimes there are fierce storms as well that rise up naturally, which rage for a time and then subdue. 
The ebb and flow of life and peace is a dance between destruction and peace. Destruction and growth. Destruction and creation. Always in balance. When we forget about God's peace, focus only on our world and our creations, our life and our wants. We focus only on destruction and forget about all the other life in abundance around us. Life is still here. And Jesus slept through the natural storm, only angering when aroused by the shouts of his friends. His peace was disturbed not by nature, but by the people around him calling out in fear and anger. Why do you sleep? Do you want us to drown? But what if we all found peace within us and committed to living our lives in that peace? So that we do not have to pause our lives to take a walk in the woods, but that we walk with the woods in our hearts. Knowing that we need not give our peace away to others who would try to take it. Let us not be afraid that our death will come at some point. For it will. This is the way of life. The death of our beloveds will come when it is their time. When it is our time. But before then, we get the gift of life. We can let the raging storm of our time pass around us without angering at each other. To steal our peace away, like the birds who nest during storms and then call out to each other with words of assurance when the storms pass and natural peace is restored. It is a gift of our planet that we get to see and be a part of and hold in our very souls, if we but choose. In this moment, we will not fix the world we will not save ourselves or our beloved or Ukraine or trans kids or anyone. But we can save our souls and be at peace, which I believe is the first of a million steps towards changing the world. <laughs> now, you are invited to release the world of suffering. It is a practice that we will practice together. For one fleeting moment, you are invited to release the world of suffering and are challenged to make this moment stretch longer than just today. Hear these words by Wendell Berry. <coughs> When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives will be. 
I go, and I lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light for a time I rest in the grace of the world and am free As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.